Thanks for tuning into the ES First podcast. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. So take a minute to hop on over and give us a like or a follow. And of course, if you're ever in Excelsior Springs, stop on by. We can't wait to welcome you home. Hey, everybody. Uh, happy whatever it is. We're just glad to be here today, Chiefs game today. And uh, we're kind of starting in the celebration of Christmas time. Isn't it a wonderful time of the year? And uh, it's the most beautiful time of the year. And I'll tell you what, uh, it's just interesting to look out the window. We haven't had any snow yet. Isn't that something? Pray with me that we'll get a good snow, would you? Yes. <laughs> there we go, 50-50, right down the middle. All right. Well, I'm going to talk to you today about Christmas. And uh, Jesus is the same Jesus today that walked on the planet Earth. Isn't that great? And this same Jesus is born in a manger. He's the same Jesus today. And the second thing I'm going to talk about is Mary. Know the story of Mary? All right. Well, the same Jesus is represented today in, the, in, uh, in today's world. And Mary, as we talk about the Christmas story, is representative of the church today. So I want to get these things in your head before we get started. Jesus is the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. Mary equals the equivalency of the church today, and then the third one is Joseph. We're going to talk about Joseph, and uh, put your hand on your heart. Now, I'm the Joseph of today. So, here we go. Nothing's more wonderful than the Christmas story from the scriptures, and uh, it's because Christmas is all about Jesus, and uh, we like to say that we love the story of Jesus told in the Christmas carols. Don't you love the Christmas carols and the Christmas music and away in a manger, joy to the world, old little town of Bethlehem. We could go on and on and on and name them. One of my favorites and yours too is Silent Night. Now, the name Jesus means that God saves. Jesus saves. The, the angel came to Joseph and said, you call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And Andre Croce wrote a, a, a song about Jesus, and it goes like this. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Uh, above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. Well, way back then, there was darkness on earth. Wouldn't you know that? There was no Savior. There was no uh, intercessor, the Bible says. So God, he looked down, saw there was no intercessor, and so he sent his arm. He sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, Jesus in the Hebrew means Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And, of course, like I said, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still the Savior. There's no other way that uh, we can get to heaven. There's no other way we can come out of the bondages of sin except that Jesus set us free. There's no way we can be entered, uh, even come to the Father, except that uh, the Holy Spirit draw him and through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Savior. He was the Savior yesterday in, in Bethlehem. He was the Savior today right here in Bethlehem, did you know, or right here in Excelsior Springs, and did you know that if anyone is going to be brought out of the bondages of hell and uh, put in the right direction, uh, it's going to be through Jesus. Isn't that right? 
because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. One of our, one of our great uh, forthright men of God, uh, Brother McAwee, Earl McAwee, pastor one of the churches downtown here for many, many, I don't know, pastored 40 years, I think. He went on to be with the Lord. Well, heaven's sweeter today. Uh, he, he, he's there today. But if anyone is going to make it into heaven, we got to get this straight. It is not going to be just through good works. It's not going to be just through being a nice guy. There's a lot of people that are wonderful people. They're gift givers and all of that. But if they haven't accepted Jesus Christ into their life, it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And uh, all over the world, Jesus is the same. Now, Jesus was really quite a unique person. He was unique in his birth. Wouldn't you say that he was unique in his birth? And uh, wow, as we think about the virgin birth, and uh, the Bible says that he was the word, he was with God, he was God, he became flesh and uh, in a virgin's womb by the Holy Spirit, and he lived under the shadow of the power of the Most High. He was unique in his birth. He was unique also in his life. I like this. He, as a Savior, he came to save sinners and was able to save them, not just because he was uh, 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 the Savior, but it was because he himself was sinless. Now, that's a unique life. You know anybody that's sinless? Well, Jesus is. He was unique in his miracles that he performed here on earth. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John wrote about them. He said he turned the water into wine. Now, think about that one. Turn the water into wine, the healing of the nobleman's son at Cana, Galilee, a healing of man at the pool of Bethesda. And uh, I mean, this was an unusual person. He's walk up, somebody was sick at the pool of Bethesda, couldn't even get out, couldn't move around, couldn't get into the troubled waters, and Jesus just healed him there. And uh, you know the miracle of the first catch of fish, how that he said, turn your nets onto the other side. He delivered a demonic person in uh, the synagogue. Did you know that Jesus is still delivering people from the powers of demons in hell today? Did you know that people are being changed every day? And uh, he, the, the healing of Peter's mother-in-law, cleansing of a leper, the healing of a paralytic. <laughs> and uh, I remember as uh, the healing of the withered arm on a guy. When I was in California pastoring there, every day I would go to the office. And when I would go to the office, there was this guy that would run down the, the street and he had a, a, a withered arm. And he had his little shorts and his his uh, little uh, T-shirt on there. And, you know, every time I, it seemed like we were always kind of at the same corner at the right time. I don't know why. I just watched him run down there, and he was standing there at the corner. You know, he was still just kind of jogging in place. And I, every, every day almost I would think, you know what, I ought to get out there and just grab that guy by the arm and fix that. Well, I didn't. <laughs> I tried that once on a broken leg, and the guy said, don't ever do that again. But anyhow, uh, Jesus did it. Raising of the widow's son, that was cool. It was the funeral there, and he walked by, and he, he raised that little child from the dead. Healing of the blind, uh, demoniac. Stilling of the storm, that was a good one. Uh, healing of the woman with an issue of blood. And uh, can you imagine all of the years that she was uh, suffering from this issue of blood and she touched the hem of his garment. And so he was unique in his lifestyle. Raising of Jairus' daughter from the dead. Healing of two blind men. Delivering the dumb demoniac. Feeding of the 5,000. Took five loaves and two fishes and multiplied them over to feed 5,000 people with 12 baskets full left over and walking on the water. Now there's a good one. That one I would like to have seen. He 
healing of a deaf, mute, and Decapolis, feeding of 4,000 again, healing of a blind man at Bethsaida. He had an unusual life, finding of the tribute money in the fish's mouth, healing of a blind man that was born blind. They said, who did sin, him or his parents? Healing of a crippled woman on the Sabbath day, healing of a man from dropsy, healing, uh, raising Lazarus from the dead. I'd say he had an unusual life, wouldn't you? And uh, the cleansing of 10 lepers, eating of blind Bartimaeus, cursing the fig tree, all that, re restoring a Malchus ear that was cut off there in the Garden of Gethsemane. Well, it was unique also in his death. As you well know, his crucifixion, he was unique in his resurrection. The Bible said on the third day he was resurrected from the dead. That was unique in itself. And uh, he was unique in his resurrection. He said this same Jesus, the same Jesus that was born in a manger, the same yesterday, today, and forever, has the same as a title. The same Jesus that you see going up into heaven will come again in like, like manner and receive you unto himself. He was uh, unique in his ascension, and uh, guess what? This very same Jesus is still doing all of these things right here in the 21st century. Have you seen a miracle? Have you ever been in a position where the Lord touched you and did something really strange and different for you? <laughs> Hello. Well, don't shout me down, but that's okay. That's the same Jesus, is it, Brandon? Yeah, okay, good. If you're sure, I'm sure. Now, the Christmas story is not all just about Jesus. As I said in the uh, beginning opening here, Jesus is the same Jesus. And then there was uh, the story about Mary. Mary was the mother of Jesus. A songwriter put it this way. Uh, Mark Lowry, you know him. And he said, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Did you know your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know your baby boy has come to make you new and the child that you delivered will soon deliver you. That was unique. Mary, did you know your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Did you know your baby boy will calm a storm with his hand? Did you know, Mary, that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? And when you kiss that little baby, you kiss the face of, of God? Mary, did you know the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again, the lame will leap, the dumb will speak, the praise of the Lamb. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the nations? And did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect Lamb? That sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. Mary, did you know? Oh, Mary, did you know? Now, that is the same question that... We have to ask ourselves, and I'm asking you this, did you know Mary was the vessel that God chose to bring the Savior to a lost and dying world? Mary was the vessel. Uh, I thought of all kinds of words I could use there, the avenue by which. I, I didn't want to call this pregnant lady an avenue. She was the vessel. And Mary, the mother of Jesus in the Bible, is the vessel that brings the whole world to Jesus. Now, Mary, the mother of Jesus, today, Jesus said to Peter, he said, who do you say that I am? 
And he said, well, some say you're uh, Elias, the prophet, Elijah, and others say you're Jeremiah, the prophet. And he said, but who do you say that I am? And he said, well, I say that you are Jesus Christ, uh, the son of the living God. You're, 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 you're the savior. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for upon that rock, I will build my church. And what he's saying there is that the church will become the vessel to bring Jesus to a lost and dying world just like Mary was the vessel that brought him into this world in the first place. That the church is the delivering agent for Jesus today. Now, sometimes it's awful easy for us to get into a humdrum mode of just going to church. Sometimes it's easier for us to drive by and say, well, that's where I go to church. That's where, uh, you know, we deliver food to those that are in need. We gather together. We have a great worship team. We have great preaching. And this this is where we baptize people. And this is where our, our children come to know about the Lord Jesus Christ. But we have to understand that when we look at the church, when we come into the church, when we enter the church, we have here the vessel that God has used to bring Jesus to a lost and dying world. You know, the healings of the nations, the healing of individuals, the salvation of souls, the putting together of homes, all that comes through Jesus Christ, and the church is the vessel which makes that happen. And so we can thank God for that. Mary brought Jesus to the world back then, and the church is still birthing Jesus to a lost and dying world right here in the 21st century. Think about that. And that's what Christmas story is all about. Jesus is the Savior, and the church is the vessel of delivery. And then there is another most important player, and his name is Joseph. Now, Joseph is the guy that makes all of these things come together and makes them all happen. In Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25 in the Message Bible says this, the birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before they came to the marriage bed, Joseph discovered she was pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know that. Joseph chagrined, but nobly determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. While he was trying to figure out a way out, he had a dream. And God's angel spoke in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring forth a son, and whom she do, when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus, God saves, because he will save his people from their sins. This would bring the prophet's embryonic sermon to full term. Watch for this. A virgin will get pregnant and bear a son. They will name him Emmanuel, Hebrew, for God is with us. Then Joseph woke up. He did exactly what God's angel commanded in the dream, and he married Mary. But he did not consummate the marriage until she had the baby. He named the baby Jesus. Now, notice the qualities that Joseph uh, possessed. Number one, he was a just man. 
The Bible says he was a young man, conducted himself with just behavior, a concern for justice, peace, a genuine respect for people. He lived a lifestyle of fairness, impartiality, honesty, righteousness, morals, and morality. That is a picture of you. I said, you're Joseph. That's a picture of you. Because if you don't live a holy life, if you don't live a life committed, if you don't live a just life, if you don't live a fair life, if you don't live a committed life, how is Mary going to bring forth a child successfully in the right place at the right time to do the right thing for a lost and dying world if Joseph doesn't put all the pieces of the puzzle together? And in understanding that, if Jesus is the same Jesus that he was back then, the same yesterday, today, and forever, and if Mary is now the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, it becomes our responsibility to be the details person to make all of the happenings come to pass. Did you know that handing out food is part of, is part of birthing Jesus into the community? Did you know that just gathering together in the house of the Lord on the, on, on the Lord's day when the Bible says, you know, we need to forsake not the assembling ourselves together. Did you know that you make a difference when people drive up and down this highway right here, that you put all the details together. They come by and they say, what are all those cars doing out there? Well, Joseph put a car out there. Why did Joseph put a car out there? So that somebody could see Jesus and, and have it birthed into their life. Well, shout me down if you want to, but you are responsible to birth Jesus to your neighbors, to your friends, to your family. Hello. Did you know that if you don't bring your children to church, did you know what? That's birthing Jesus into their life. I don't know why I was going to talk about that. I guess, I guess one of the things that kind of bothers me right now about, one, one of the things that honestly bothers me about COVID more than anything is that from the time COVID hit till now, practically none of our children have been in the house of the Lord and our children have lost one half of a year already of learning the basics that they need to learn that Jesus can be birthed into them. Hello. For those of you parents that are bringing your children to the house of the Lord and having him in, in the sanctuary so that they can learn and that they don't lose out, I pat you on the back and say, God bless you, because you're the Joseph that brings those children, birth Jesus into their lives. Well, shout amen. Hallelujah. I'm not kicking anybody down. I'm just saying that's the thing that bothers me the most about COVID is that, I, that all the children that they'll go to Walmart They'll go to school if they can. Hello. Well, don't get me started. But in the second, in verse 20, Joseph was a spiritual man. I wouldn't give you two cents for a church that had a whole, had a whole building full of people that weren't spiritual. Did you know there's churches all around that have people in them that aren't really spiritual? They're just there. Some of the modern churches... You know, God bless the people for their faithfulness and God honors them and they, I'm sure they will probably, when they die, they'll go to heaven because they're there worshiping. Some of the churches that a lot of people think aren't gonna make it to heaven, I think they'll make it uh, big time because they're just there and they're part of it. But the thing that I like is that if you have 
spiritual Josephs, if you pray, if you give, if you go, if you work, if you mow the lawn, if you open the church, if you clean the church, if you bring finances to the house of the Lord, if you call somebody and encourage them, hello, and you have underneath that a spiritual, divine reason for being who you are. When you come to the house of the Lord, it's not because it's something that you have to do. It's because there's something on the inside of you. Like David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord because it was a spiritual individual and where the presence of the Lord is, there's fullness of joy. And you can't keep a good Joseph out of the house of the Lord if they're spirit-filled and filled with the Holy Ghost and serving the Lord with all their heart and soul and mind. Joseph was a spiritual man. My question to you, are you a spiritual person? When you singers get up here, are you singing full of the Spirit? When you get up here and you preach, are you preaching because you're full of the Spirit? When you teach a Sunday school class or do children's church or mow the lawn or paint the building or put a tithe in, is it because you're a spiritual man of God who wants to see Jesus birth through the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and you do what you do because you want Jesus to be birthed into somebody's life because you're a spiritual man. That's what Joseph is all about. And you need to ask yourselves this question. We're getting ready to go into our fasting and praying for the first of the year. You know, I wouldn't give you two cents for someone who that has a ministry, they call it over and over and go over again, who are never on their knees before the Lord. I feel sorry for somebody trying to do a work for the Lord, trying to be a Joseph in the 21st century, have never fasted, who have never sat down and even tried to fast one meal, much less 21 days. I wouldn't give you two cents for somebody, you know, they're, they're, what happens is when, when people work for the Lord, when they paint, when they mow the lawn, when they call, when they give, they get ouchy if they don't have the Spirit of God underneath them. I teach my pastors, and I teach them over and over again. I teach our workers. I tell them this. You can have a ministry, but if you don't give, if you don't pray, if you don't fast, if you don't read the holy word of God, and if you don't apply the scriptures to your life, you will drop out. You wonder why people can be in the house of the Lord and turn sour? It's because they failed to maintain their spirituality. Joseph was a spiritual man, and I inquire of you today, are you a spiritual person? Yes, say amen. Verse number 24, he was obedient to do what God told him to do. Wow, that's a big one right there. Did you know that if you are very attentive, uh, attentive, attentive, like Joseph was to the voice of the Lord. He would listen to hear what the Lord had to say and then he would walk out and he would do it. God told Joseph, thou shalt call his name Jesus. Joseph waited around till the moment was there and he did it. And he named his name Jesus for he would save his people from, the sin, from their sins. Emmanuel, God will be with him. Now, the question is this. Somebody said, well, I don't know how to hear the voice of the Lord. I don't know when the Lord's talking to me or when, he, when he's not talking to me. I, I just don't get how to, how to hear the voice of the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. God has given you uh, a shepherd. 
and the shepherd feeds you from the word of God every week. Will you be the Joseph of the 21st century to make this church a spirit-filled, powerful, led by the spirit of God? How am I going to do that? You're going to listen to what the Bible comes forth from your teachers and from in the, when you open up your own Bible at home and the Holy Spirit leads you somewhere and gives you a, uh, what do they call that thing, a devotion. And you read that devotion and you hear that little word and say, wow, listen to God speaking to me today. See, if you're going to be a Joseph of today, you can be in this church and not be a Joseph. Hello. You can be a donkey or a sheep. <laughs> Hello. I mean, they were there too, weren't they? <laughs> Come on, giggle with me just a little bit here. And so if you recognize that you are to be the Joseph of the 21st century and put all the details together so that this church, the Assembly of God, the ES First Assembly of God is successful in birthing Jesus into people's lives. I don't care to be a maintainer pastor. I, I, I would rather see the church be, see people come and go, move out, come in, and people, I would rather see the church full of new people. All of you people that have been in this church for the first time in, the, in one year, in this last year, in the year 2020, were you added to this church? Raise up your hand. Raise it up. I want to see there's a whole bunch of them up there in the balcony. 2020. What does that tell me? That tells me there's some Josephs in this building that makes this church, the Mary of the 21st century, bring Jesus into their life. Pat yourself on the mask. Well, he attended to all the small details. That's he did what God told him to do. I tell you what, the greatest thing you can do. I've mentioned this before. I, I don't know who's doing it. Maybe some people are. Maybe some people are. I don't know. We're getting ready to start a new book of the Bible. And uh, I've suggested and you've thought about this. And maybe you did, maybe you didn't. Maybe you, maybe you bought yourself a notebook and started the book of James from the first verse chapter 1, and started taking notes in the book of James. What did you call the book of James, Brandon? Huh? Self-help book. We've preached every single word. I preached Skippy. Skipped to this one and that one. He preached. Hello? And we, and we suggested that you get a book. I don't know, we've gone through 10 or 12 books of the Bible, every line, every verse, every precept, every chapter, every comma, every jot, every tittle. We have followed that teaching process to teach you what God would have to say to you. We're getting ready to do another one. I suggest you get a notebook for whatever the book is. Maybe we'll do one of the Apocrypha. I don't know, should we do it? Maybe not. But we're going to start another book of the Bible. Wouldn't it be amazing if you could have sat down sometime when you wondered how your life needs to go and go through your notebook 
uh, of the words that your pastors, your shepherds at God gave to you, uh, advice, told you how to do it, told you where to do it, told you how to, how to make it happen. If you could go through that book, verse after verse, line upon line, say, this is what God said to me, I will do it. This is what God said to me, I will do it. You see, Joseph, I'm going to tell you something. You want to grip on, get a grip on the value of what ES First Church has to offer to you. And the reason ES First Church is offering that to you is so that the church can be an entity full of peoples filled with the Spirit of God by the Word of God that can be birthing Jesus to those around about you. That's how people get saved. That's how people get delivered. That's how some of your kids that haven't been in the church since they were in the third grade uh, will come back to Jesus and say, wow, I, I missed 35 years of this. I'm coming back. Huh? The prodigal son sometimes takes longer than a year and a half to get home. He did what God said to do. Now, his role... In the Christmas story, well, I've just, I've just got to close this out pretty quick here. His role was this, that he was excited. He was excited about the birth that Mary was about to bring forth. He was excited about it. Guys, remember how excited you were when your little sweetheart was pregnant for the first time? Some of you said, oh, honey, that's so wonderful. And others said, what? <laughs> remember how exciting that was? I can remember it just like it was yesterday. He got excited about the prospect of Mary having a baby. He starts hovering over her. You women know what I'm talking about. Hey, don't pick that up. I got this. I got this. Can't tell you how many times my wife said, just get out of my space. I can lift this, you know. He took care of the details. Don't pick that. Hey, slow down a little bit. Here's one that I always use was, hey, you're eating for two now. Eat up. You're eating for two now. When Allison was born, I visited our longtime friends in Washington, Iowa. We spent many nights there at their house during Nancy Joe's pregnancy. They put us in the master bedroom where there was a three-fourths full king-size waterbed. Try to get a pregnant woman out of a waterbed that's three-fourths full once. I can't tell you how many times we rolled over on that bed and started laughing and hee-hawing. I remember the time when she turned to me, she said, I'll be glad when this is over. <laughs> but I would help her get up out of that bed. Sometimes I'd get behind her with both hands and push. Sometimes I'd drag her. But I was attentive to the details. And the story of Joseph goes on and on. The guy who attends to all the details goes on. I can go through this congregation, I can point, there's, there's, there's a Joseph. There's one. I can pull out here in the morning and I drive in here. There's a Joseph. There's a guy standing out there in the rain with an umbrella, freezing rain, waving at people to come in. What's he doing? He's birthing Jesus to the community. Hello. On and on and on. 
I can tell you about that. I can tell you about the lights and the sound man that comes in here at 7 o'clock in the morning every Sunday morning and works diligently, try to get the, everything just right so you can worship and yeah, hello. I can point to some of you, Josephs, and say, I'll tell you what, I can, I can guarantee you I've been in this church for 20 years, 25 years, and I can tell you just like this because I'm the guy who deals with it every Monday morning, I can tell you just like clockwork. I, I, I know one thing, there's going to be a check from you for that amount of money, and it's going to make sure that Jesus is birthed to this community. And every time I, that name comes across me, and it comes across my fingers, across my eyes, across my mind, and every single time I see you dropping a check into this church, and uh, I, I, see, I see you're birthing Jesus that this church can do exactly what it needs to do to birth Jesus into the kingdom of, of God. Thank you, thank you. Go ahead, give yourself a, a big hand for that. And many times, I'm just gonna be real honest with you, it brings tears to my eyes to watch the faithfulness of the Josephs that are in this church. I know it's sacrifice, but I know God's faithful and he does his thing. And I know I can point to you, every one of you, and say, there's another Joseph, there's a Joseph, there's a Joseph that keeps the lights on. There's a Joseph right there that helps us pay the mortgage. Right there's a Joseph that uh, pays, helps pay the pastors and, and the workers and the staff members. I know that. On and on and on and on. So my question to you today and my, my challenge to you today is this. Sign yourself in to be a Joseph. The Christmas story is about Jesus, same yesterday, today, and forever. Sign yourself to be a Joseph. Well, I'd like to go on and on and on with that, but I think I'm going to stop at this point, and I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and pray. <clears throat> Bible says, let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. Say, Pastor, how in the world did you get that out of the Christmas story? Because this is bottom line. This is what it is. This is who we are. And what's really interesting is this, that God knew you before the foundation of the world. And God knew that he's going to need somebody to be a Joseph of the 21st century in Excelsior Springs, Missouri, and so he birthed you into your mother's womb, hello, so that you could be here to bring forth a glorious gospel of Jesus Christ to those around about you. You're born with a purpose. You're born with a plan. There's no such thing as an accident. There's no... Well, they call those things, people say that they're an illegitimate child. There's no such thing as an illegitimate child. God placed that child in their birth. There's illegitimate parents, I'll grant you that one. And that's not coming out from a negative side. Things happen, life goes on. I'm, what I'm trying to tell you this morning is this is that every man, woman, boy and girl has ever been born into the 21st century or back of the 20th century or 19th, 18th, 17th, 16th, 15th and every one of that was born with a spiritual middle name Joseph 
and God's desire is that you cultivate that and you become the very best man, woman of God, servant of God, that someday you'll stand before the Lord and he'll say, welcome into the joys of the Lord, thou good and faithful Joseph. Thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joys of the Lord. And we'll see the crowns given out at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Jesus hands forth all of the blessings, all of the rewards are going to come to us from the hand of Jesus. I'm going to stand up and say, my mother used to sing, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see him. One glimpse of his dear face, all trials will erase. It'll be worth it all when we see Jesus. Father, today I just pray that the Christmas story will be new to us forever. We used to read about Joseph, how he found out Mary was expecting and how he stood up under the pressure of all that, stood up under the pressure of trying to figure out how in the world he's going to get Mary comfortable on an eight-foot camel. Every time she has to do her business, get her down off of the camel, 100-mile radius, we hear so much about that journey. It was Joseph that made it all happen. And Father, today as Christmas time comes around, let us be the one that brings you to a lost and dying world. I pray, Father, as we gather together this Christmas season with all of our family members and our loved ones and people we've known and people we maybe haven't seen for a long time, may we just be the testimony that loves and cares and prays for those around about us, our children, our relatives, our neighbors, bring them to Jesus. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.